TV. I got my co-host Jeremy Scipio. You know what oh. I'm saying? He done uh, stepped up his uh his little game back there, looking 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 really really crispy on him. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, we got one of my favorite people, man. This cat right here, man. We done uh been on many a tour bus. Always uh a pleasantry to slap hands and just uh fellowship. I, I uh. Back when you guys were recording the Almighty Mighty Pythons, yeah, North Hollywood, North yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. So, so at the time you guys were, uh, That's a long okay, time ago, man. the Far Side and Souls of Mischief were recording uh, Almighty Mighty Python back in North Hollywood. You know that was the house that uh, ended up getting Ralph Tresvant to come and do a song. He brought Bobby <laughs> Brown. Yeah. Bobby Brown is up in there. Bobby Brown is talking about. Uh-oh. Well, now nah, we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, go ahead. Well, oh no, what I what I will say is, <laughs> we uh, Brown had hooked it up, so we had got with Ralph Tresman's manager, so he was cool on him. But Bobby was there, and Bobby was like, "Yo, man, let me get on the mic." He was like, "Yo, yo, yo." And I was, we was just like, nah, man, you ain't signed no paperwork. We gonna end up with a song that ain't gonna be able to get cleared. It ain't, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah. but Bobby was real though, man. I'm, I mean, like, yeah. man, who you see is what you get, man. Yeah. <laughs> who you, yeah. who you see on the positive note though, he was, he was a cool dude. But he was OG, man. I, I'll say, uh, my, one of my first times coming up there, uh, 
because there was a there was a, I think it was a Shell station that was wasn't too far from the house. Yeah, yeah. And walking. I, I want to say I had stopped by the Shell station and somebody else had Bobby up there, and uh, he got a Budweiser and some pork rinds. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Brown, brown bag, brown bag, tall can shit. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. So uh, no, nah, but I, I I go back with a plus, man. I, I always say that uh, you know, dealing with the far side. I uh, I was kind of married in this different situations, and I'll say the relationship with Souls of Mischief was definitely one of the pleasantries of uh, you know, the the cherry on top of being homeboys with the with the group that people would refer to as iconic and whatnot, and uh, you know, dealing with the souls and uh, you know, a beautiful beautiful relationship over the years. All I'll say back from 92, 93 with the far side, uh, the, the manor, when niggas, when, when we had yeah. the manor, when we had the manor, <laughs> you guys come into town and all that. But uh, it's a trip, man. But but it is my pleasure to have you uh, on right now. And uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple of these questions and we gonna hop into the interview. Mm-hmm. You know it's my, it's my, it's my honor, Smooch, good, good people, man. Um. <laughs> Actually, you know, this industry is a trip. You certainly one of my favorite people. I mean, this is this goes without saying that far side is family to, to me and uh and to the souls and high row. I mean, you know, we kind of came in this game, we definitely came in this game together. But that being said, there's a lot of like you know, characters in this business, and it, it, it's not for the faint of heart. Um, without me just like going on a going on an evil tirade against this shit. It's not for the faint <laughs> of heart. And um and you certainly one of my favorite people, man, in, in this business. Uh certainly consider you friend and fan, man. It's an honor to be here, no doubt. Straight up. And that ain't that ain't fodder or or uh, embellishing, bro. Like we get down. You my brother. Nah, so it's, it's, it's an honor, it's an honor to be here. Just and you, people and you, don't know that this ain't just an interview with some some dude that you got. You know, like, you know, through hip hop, you know, like, you know, we <laughs> fan bam. So it, it's the honor, my friend. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll say this before I hop in. I was really proud. Uh, the first time I went to High Road Day was on uh, Farside performing. But then the second time I came up, I came up with Slink. But it was I was just really proud of you guys, man, to see how you brought the Bay out. And, and it was just like a, it was just on some unity, man. It, it was it was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Right, right on, man. Right on, y'all. Y'all came through the, 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 the um the time when Farside came. Actually, that was the one year where I was head of booking for Hyro Day. Um, I didn't I didn't do it by my. I, I'm not trying to say I did it by myself for anybody who's watching this, but I was literally head of booking for Hyro Day that one for that one year. And you already know because I, I, that was the first time I ever did that kind of business with you. And you were like, "What the fuck? You do business? You doing good business?" Because you know me as wild, wild, you know me as wild ass MC. Like, wake this thing up in the morning, about to go party boy. at night. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I remember I was on the phone like, "Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna send the contracts." You like, what? This motherfucker, please, <laughs> up at seven, seven in the morning talking about contracts. You know what I mean? So yeah, that 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 um that that uh high road day was dope, man. But uh, yeah. One after that was Slink was dope too, as well. Yeah. So tell me this, man. When was the Small first time? Shit. When was the first time you heard hip hop? Uh, yeah, man, I remember it. Uh, the first time I heard hip hop was uh, my father in 1979. Uh, at that point, I was five years old, somewhere around then. And uh, my family played a lot of music in the household. Uh, my Both of my parents are Jamaican immigrants. And so like they just, uh, when they came to America, they just got into a lot of different kinds of music. And I and subsequently I ended up, 
me and my sister ended up hearing a lot of that growing up. So uh, it was natural for, for new music to come home and, and dad to be like, listen to this, or mom to be like, listen to this. And um, Rapper's Delight, my dad was like, Dude, da uh, son, you got to hear this song. He's like, it's guy saying poems over funky's, funky music is kind of how he <laughs> described it. And I heard Rapper's Delight, bro, and I was I was already a music head by that time already. You know, um, I, I used to hug the speaker for hours when I was little, like two and three. And whenever I wanted to hear a song again, I just point at my parents and be like, again. And they know that mean I want to hear that song again. <laughs> so I was already on that. I was already on that. But when I heard Rapper's Delight, I was like, wow, it just blew my mind and as a as a as a five year old. And then I ended up by by uh, three years later, I, I, I started trying to rap myself after I heard the message, by, uh, Grand, you know, Grandmaster Melly Mel and Furious Five. And uh, so that, those are my first uh, Rapper's Delight was my first experience with hip hop music at all. And it was when I was five years old. I remember it. I was like turned out immediately. And, and wow. that shows how old I am to anybody viewing this, and and I'm proud of it. <laughs> right, right. I, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it, man. You got, you got to, you got to live to get here, you know. Nah, <laughs> nah, man. That's, you know, it's a trip because for me, for whatever reason, I heard rap music, but it didn't resonate until like '83. For whatever reason, I just remember a lot of MTV in '83, and I heard, and I heard the message, and I heard rappers delight. But like eighty three and the, the, them kind of, um, and you know the trip. Uh, I could almost say hip hop was fed to us, our generation, almost like uh, kids that watch cartoon were fed cereal, like like the the the, the, the different brands of cereal and stuff, because it was yeah, because MTV really kind of like trained us like lab rats, like it was it was like you got this video and they just played the video over and over and over. And before, and then there was no social media. There was no way for you to really connect with an artist. And so when you got to see them on MTV, it was like, Whoa, you know, and, 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 uh, and for anybody watching, just to add into what you're saying, just to paint a picture, MTV was brand new, like seeing <laughs> regularly seeing songs being performed in a video type, uh, um, a platform or, or or medium was brand fucking new. It was oh. it hadn't like a video of music video, although there were a few of them out there, was not a big deal for record labels and it wasn't a big push for them at the time until MTV. MTV made the music video and and you know at that time when we're listening to hip like we're feeding for hip hop or we're first hearing hip hop, we're listening to like Duran Duran and, and Cindy Lauper and, and, and Van Halen <laughs> and, and Michael Jackson and whatever the hell comes on MTV. We like, yeah, I love that shit. Because Man. it's the video. <laughs> the greatest it marketing is a new thing, you know. The greatest marketing oh. tool ever, man. Didn't even change what it was. Change everything. Change everything, smoke. Yeah. What at what age did you realize you had a talent for wordplay? Um, ah, it was certainly after I'd started rapping because I didn't, I didn't think I was to had wordplay when I first rapped. I just sounded like the people that I liked the most, you know, like me and Todd J sound like run DMC slash LL slash <laughs> whoever we listened to it. Um, I think it was creative writing class, um, probably like seventh, eighth grade when I really started having an affinity for the, the uh, the things that make wordplay, understanding uh psychologically how words worked in in, a, in you know the poetic nature of words and like uh finding more descriptive words for for um a concept to get it through faster 
as opposed to like layman words and getting a bigger understanding of a concept through those words. I didn't start really getting that until like seventh, eighth grade, start really, like maybe even ninth, uh, ninth and tenth. It might have been a span of all those years was when I was really getting into creative writing and understanding more of how these words just move emotions and make people think and, and you can kind of with these words. That it was a, it was from eighth to tenth grade is when I really, but that, that that was a time when I really got into you know like I wanted to know more ways to say shit and, and uh and you know the the regular old words just like you know that was it basically it's creative writing class and some of my teachers taking a liking to me and being like yo man you like you know you could uh you're good at this you know you should write poems and and I um my, uh, I was told that I should join drama class and and stuff like that but uh, you know by my teachers but. I was a hip hop head by then. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be a rapper. You know what I mean? I'm going to blow up big. You, you watch. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was in between at, at eighth and 10th grade. And it was certainly my English, my English classes, my creative writing classes is when I uh, realized my affinity for, for wordplay and understanding how words affect people and how we, you could like enhance what I'm trying to say and, and, and be more definitive when you're trying to tell people shit simply by the words you choose and the way you phrase them. It's fascinating, even to this day. You know what I mean? Who who do you think was the hardest rapper around that time? The hardest, uh, or group, or group. Um, if we talking, all right, if we're talking like uh, early '80s, early to mid '80s, you know, we're, we're the hardest rappers was Run DMC. Uh, after that, when you hit '86 and, and up, you know, you, now you got um. You know, LL, of course. He, I think LL was like the first, the first aggressive, like that aggressive rap. And they got to remember, no one had been that aggressive in a song up to that point. Uh, that was at least that was released uh, nationally for people to hear. It's before you heard LL. You was almost like, ah, damn. You know what I'm saying? This, he got, he's kind of making me aggro by <laughs> hearing this song a little bit. You know, and so and then from there, you know. You got like uh, different levels of hardness with um with pause with BDP and and Rakim and um and and Public Enemy in this burgeoning music. We had all these different ways that you could be like a a, a potent and vol and viable volatile black voice. You know, um, so yeah, rappers like that. And then of course, you know, when NWA came, there was like a, a, another way of, of expressing, you know, firm hardness within uh the voice of hip hop you know so I that's, saw, that's my short answer hey <laughs> I, I, I saw that for that firm hardness uh i want to say we were probably in new mexico and, oh uh, man somebody had took tajay's camera oh they, remember that they, oh they had, yeah. they and, took that, camera. and yeah. he yeah and i definitely saw a different side of him after that man <laughs> hey, hey. You know, Tajay, one of the coolest people in the world, but man, I've known I him feel. since first grade. He's a, he's a, he's not, to, he's not for play at yeah, all. No and he's good to have on your side. He's, he's good to have on your side and play because he will do it, you know? But, hey, and you know what? That's that place, Sunshine Theater. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Like yeah. so much, so, uh, oh man, P Planet Asia got chased by a dude with a machete there. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> um, 
Living Legend RV got robbed there. Tajay Camera got stole there. I think on the Atmosphere trips, a girl got raped and murdered there. It's like there's an aura around that place that's kind of like trippy, bro. You know, I, I when 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 I what one thing that I noticed about it was uh they had it was a lot of Native American people out there. And it was kind of it, it, it was kind of interesting because they lived on the left reservation, but they they identified with like hip hop and the hip hop movement and whatnot. But it was kind of whack because you could see that they were kind of treated like the uh, they were treated the like the black people. Yeah, yeah, they treated like the black. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were. So tell me this. So how did you meet the souls, and how did that form? <coughs> um. The way I met the souls was souls of uh, yeah yeah yeah. This is like a, yeah. a loaded question with a loaded answer, my friend. Um, <laughs> I, I I met um to paint a broader picture. I met Casual Dell and Tajay all in the first grade. Um, wow. Dell was Dell was in the third grade, and it was weird for for a first grader to have a friendship with a with a third grader. But me and me and Dell just kicked it off like. Easily, Tajay was like T- Tajay was my my ace, my um my main brother, my bro. I mean, I know like that's like my best friend, bro. But him and Dell are my best friends. They different because Dell's was the older figure up until I was an adult myself. But Tajay was somebody I grew up with. Um, and so I met, I met all. We all come from the same block. I mean, me, Tajay, and Casual specifically live within thirty second walk from each other most of our li- our, our young lives. Um. So yeah, that's how I met them. Uh, later on, in, you know, in, in some at some point in the mid to late '80s, Opio moved on the block. Dale lived Fest lived near around Dale's block, so we were all kind of like we're all from East Oakland, man. You know, and some of us literally, I I could run to Tajay house in 15 seconds, you know, wow. or less. And same with Casual. So that's how we we met. We met as friends before we started being hip hop together. And then Hyro, how did that thing happen? Well, Hyro, like, so the way it started is like, uh, me and Tajay would, uh, Tajay, we, we were in a group together. Like, that was my first hip hop group. Was Tajay me? It was me and Tajay. You know what I'm saying? And um, and at that point, like, I was friends with Dale. Tajay wasn't really friends with Dale just because he just didn't know him. You know what I'm saying? And um, but hip hop was so scarce it's so few and far in between where you knew somebody who did it it wasn't really a popular thing to do it was almost a weird thing to do back then in the 80s people would look at you like ha, you rapping ha, ha. you know it was like it was it was laughable so um so if you knew somebody who was into it as much as you that was a unifying factor you were like oh you too hey do you got you know and then now you got a friendship right um or you got something that you build with people about so Fast forward a, a bunch of like it was basically uh around like sixth, seventh grade. I was already friends with Dell for mad years by that time, but that's when I realized that he was doing hip hop too. And I was like, Word, you know, me and my friend Taj, hey, we we've been a group and blah blah blah. So like I guess Dell he, he had been in the hip hop before then, but m- me and Dell mostly linked on computer shit at that point because we was both like the the who was in the computers and and Tajay too, like way in the in the eighties and shit. My dad was a, a a computer systems analyst and operator and programmer. Um, 
since the seventies. So he he came from Jamaica and hopped into that job. So I had been around uh, block long mainframes since I was a kid. It was like a normal place. Um, so when I com, Dell was my computer buddy, and he. I, he, he started playing me his songs, and up to that point, me and Taj Hay did songs, but it was like recording the beat, the, uh, the boombox, recording us beatboxing and rapping over each other beatboxing. And I had a Casio SK1, and we had really crude songs. And Dell came through, and it was playing like songs, like real good sounding songs. I'm like, how the fuck are you making these? He's like, well, my boy Jinx in 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 um LA, he's he's a uh, He's friends with my cousin, Ice Cube. Ice Cube, he's a rapper. He's going to be out one day. And I'm like, your cousin O'Shea? Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. His, he, Ice Cube, he's, he's, he raps with Jinx and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's how you made them songs? And these are like four-track recordings. And they're like dwarfing how me and Tajay sound. Me and Tajay are really like on, on tape, rapping <laughs> over beatboxing and shit. And so uh, Dell connect us. He connects us with Jinx. And next thing you know, like we were making songs with Jinx in like seventh grade. And so at that point, Jinx has got Jinx likes me and Tajay as a group and, and you know, introduced us to Dre and, and Easy and shit. And it's like these young kids, we need to sign them, they're gonna be all this and this and that. And that's how uh we ended up we ended up in Jinx's crew called Busy Boy Productions. And then from there shit just grew. Um, you know, Jinx was working with Ice Cube and they blew up, and, and Ice Cube was like when D- Dell, my little cousin, they was rap buddies and shit. They used to call each other and say raps, like Dell and Ice Cube. So Ice Cube was like, Dell, when I get on, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to get you on. And then Dell was like, to me, and Tajay, like, when I get on, I'm going to put you on. So that's kind of how everything happened. And um, during that time, Cash and Opio, well, Casual first, and then when Opio moved on the block, and then DJ Teray, they were having their own... Um, Hip hop endeavors like kind of separate from us, and and uh, and then from that point we linked because only so many people were even doing it and and dope or whatever and thought it was a cool thing to do, so we just kind of linked crews from there, and um, it just built from there, you know. That that's again my my short answer. Amen, amen. <laughs> I love it. Like you know, last week we had a uh, breakbeat Lou on, and, my you know, brother, my DJ, loving. Hey, his name you know, precedes him. You know what I'm saying? It, it's like yeah. the word breakbeat, the name breakbeat Lou just sounds so huge. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then you get to meet the guy and he's just such a wealth of knowledge. It's kind of like, okay, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yo, yeah. like, like breakbeat Lou, like I was hanging around him a couple of days before I realized that, oh, that's breakbeat Lou that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, oh man, dude, he is like, uh, I remember how we I got introduced to Ultimate Beats and Breaks was Dale started traveling first. I mean, you know, we we were still in high school and he's going on the road with Ice Cube and recording his album. He's not out yet, but he's like on the verge, got a record deal. And so, you know, we're all still in high school and he would come back with all and we're all hip hop junkie type motherfuckers. So he would come back off tour with people and and have shit that we're like, oh, my God. Like, and so he would come home with Ultimate Break Beats and he'd play them and he'd be like, this is where they're getting the samples from. This is where, they're, like, all the songs that we know intricately by heart that we've been hearing, like, how do they make this shit? And he would come home with Ultimate Breaks and Beats and Breaks uh, vinyl. And um, and that's what uh, my first, that's when we started understanding and looping. And Sir Jinx was the one who taught me how a loop happens. I was like, because when you hear these songs, you're like, how are they doing this? I got this record at home, but 
this part is replaying and they're rapping over it. And the only way I know how to do that is the, the double cassette pause record method. You know what I'm saying? Pause mix. Yeah, you already know it. You already know. That's OG pause shit. Mix. That's OG shit. And so um, these these breakbeat records, man. And then, you know, the the story goes on that, you know, I now I got the whole set digitally, you know what I mean? And then after 20 odd, almost 30 years, I I'm this motherfucker's DJing for my click. It's like you know, if you ask the universe what was going to happen 30 years ago, and if you would have said uh, uh, Breakbeat Lou would be Souza Misha DJ, and, and like, I, I would have been like, fuck off, dude. Get out of my face with that bullshit. You don't know what you're talking about. You know? You know what? Uh, no, but calling ahead. him a wealth... Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. But to your point, him being a wealth of knowledge, man, it's like also one of the most like, uh, like just realest, humblest, like He's he's full B boy and it's like he's not timid at all, but he's just mad warm. You know what I'm saying? And mad humble, wow. mad mad like inviting. You know, it's like yeah, that's my man. Salute. It, it's an honor to rock with him. That's 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 my word. You were saying smooth. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no 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 no. I I I, I get excited, man. I be rated it very good uh to bust out the bullpen, man. <laughs> you know. Hey man, speak on it, brother. Speak. I be ready to bust out the bullpen, but it's a trip because uh Lou. In the breakbeat fashion, he's knowledgeable of new wave. He's knowledgeable of house music. He's knowledgeable of hip hop. He breaks down hip hop. Like Jeremy asked him, because Jeremy's like a head, like 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 really he, he yeah he's a head. And Jeremy's yeah. asking questions that was given. Get, Lou was giving answers, and I was kind of like, man, this is. A little <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like when you when you when you meet such a, a relic, you know what I mean, like I, I got I got answer, I got questions. I need, to, I need to get the real because, you know what I mean? Like, you know, every everybody else is like a history book. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, because it's like even how you were talking about LL, right? Like, you understand there's a generation of people. If you said LL was the hardest rapper in the game at one time, they'd be like, the dudes make love songs? Like, yeah. 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 The, the host, the host of, uh, what's the show? Uh, I worked on the show, too. I can't think of the show. It's a, it's a dancing show. It's a, <laughs> it's a, oh, oh. Wait, what you talking about? But yeah. It's it's a show he hosts. Um, where it literally uh, it's just people just singing and dancing. Like, <laughs> but he was the hardest rapper in the yeah. game at one time. Imagine you know that. Saying? But yeah, I just. <laughs> but um, I asked Breakbeat Lou this question. I'm gonna ask you the you same know, question. I... Uh, huh? Uh, he froze. No, no. Up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I, I said. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Break... Okay. I asked Breakbeat Lou this question last week. Uh. What's your favorite film associated with hip hop? Oh wow! Okay, it could be a doc uh, or whatever. Like you know, yeah, yeah, it could be a TV series, whatever. You got you got to give me a second on that, um, because you know I, I had hella knee jerk answers, and then I ended up having four in my brain. So um, let me guess, Wild Style was one of them for sure, right? Wild <laughs> Style was definitely one of them. But you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I I, I love all of them, and this this is a hard question, so I I, I respect it. But I love all of them. But I'm going to say the one that touched me the most, and I, it might have been timing. It might have been where I was at in my life or whatever. Beat Street. Beat Street. is um, it, it, Because, like, it was, um, I think it might have been the first time I had a serious, like, emotional attachment um, that was tangible uh, for me when it came to hip-hop. Like, I was right. like... It's the kind of shit that stuck with me and, and the rest of the souls too. Like when we first went to New York and had our first trip to New York, we were thinking like 
we're where B Street was at. You know what I'm saying? Like we're walking in the streets of New York and it's 91. And, and and we're like, this is what we saw on Beach Street. Well, we've been dreaming to be here since then. And and uh, it just had a it had a real strong effect. I remember even the, the storyline, um, the storyline raps that went with the with the soundtrack. I had the soundtrack on vinyl, you know, um, the Beach Street soundtrack. And I was really like literally touched by the stories that were that and, and just just how dope the Melly Mel and the Furious Five were. And just it was just how much that shit touched my heart at the time. Um so I watched all of the movies and I loved them. I loved, uh, I, I loved, uh, oh, damn, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. You know, uh, uh, Electra Boogaloo was part two, but what was the f- part one? Um, uh, I'll give you an answer right now. The, the LA, the, LA the, the ones that was filmed on the West Coast. Oh, Breaking. Yeah, Breaking. And then uh, uh, Breaking part oh. two, Electra Boogaloo. Um, also rapping with, with Mario Van Peebles. I like that shit. Um, and this everything else that came, I really like. I'm 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 a hip hop dude, so I, I love all the movies. But Beat Street was definitely the one that that. Uh, and, and I'm not saying it's the best one made. I'm saying it's the one that affected me the most. Um, and, and the one that that it was just at, at a pivotal moment for me. And when I saw that movie, I was like, I'm doing that. I already knew that before. I know it more now than ever. I'm doing that. And I'm I'm a, and, oh. and I'm gonna be in the books, and, and it, it it affected me like that, and all the way to the point when we got when we were negotiating our record deals in '91, we were jumping around in the hotel room, throwing twenties around, talking about we're rich, we made it, we're, we're in New York. Oh. You know what I mean? So yeah, it had yeah. it, hard, hard question, but Beach Street would be it for me, brother. That's a good pick, actually. Big Street was directed by Stan Lathan, which, I mean, everything he touched has turned into gold in his history of hip-hop and comedy. Great pick. Wow. <laughs> I, I yeah. bet that was a brave on-taking at the time for Stan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The time in 1984? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, it was still like a music that was going, like, to most people, wasn't going to last a f- Ah, oh, this will be gone. It's going to be like disco. Like, this is not serious. It's It's a parody music. So like, but people who really felt it back then were like, "Nah, you don't understand. This is gonna be around. You know, you don't get it. You know." Number one, so, yeah, he, he re- yeah, uh, uh, the the biggest the cultural influencer in the world. Number one music yep. genre in the world. You know what I'm saying? Yep. It, it, from like from that. So yeah, Beach Street it is. And thank you for the. I should have known that. Thank you for letting me know the Stan Latham thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll say. Uh... You know, me thinking about it, uh, the storyline was dope too. The story, the, I'll, I'll say, I'll say three things. The storyline was dope. Ray Don Chong, whoever, oh my had, god, whoever had it to put her as the love interest, they were on point because she, you know, I might, I might have wang wanged a few of those to Ray Don back in the day. You know what I mean? Once that, once that thing came out on VHS. You know? <laughs> you can enjoy the privacy of your own TMI, TMI, TMI. Now you were saying it was Ray Don Storyline. Ray Don Chong. And And the storyline. And then the prophetic part, which the prophetic part was how uh the hip hoppers had the culture. And then you had Radon Chong and her people, which was kind of like the culture vultures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they came in and they 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 came in. And they tried to snatch that thing up. You know what I'm saying? And re re freak it. And then 
you know, get everybody to kind of give for free to make their thing big. But the people who really did it, they really weren't in a rush to kind of, you know, push them out on the forefront. It was prophetic, man. It was. It was. It, it, it was. It, it, you know what? That made me think of an honorary mention, like Crush Group. It's just, they, they portrayed that. They showed that same culture vulture thing again. And at that point, we're looking at it like it's not a hip hop thing. This is something that they do. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to our shit, you know. Um, but yeah, just just a side note to that good point you made. So hey, another <laughs> side note. Hey, Radon Chan still bad. Man, as soon as I get off here, I'm about to check her Instagram. And be like, I, I ain't thought about her in a minute. Uh, I went to, uh, <laughs> I'm on the Instagram. I went to high school with her first cousin, man. You know what I'm saying? I went to high school with her first cousin. Word. Yeah, that really don't wow. mean too much, but yeah, I, I did. It was, you know. Whatever, but um, I didn't know that was I didn't know that was Tommy Chong. That's funny. I didn't know that was Tommy Chong's daughter. I'm just not finding it out. Yeah, oh. I knew that back then. I was like, man, the world is, you know, the world is growing together. Hey, man, the lime, in, hip -hop lime in the comedy. coconut, man. Yeah, yeah, the lime in the coconut. So, so I say all the time, like, uh, for myself, for instance, I don't, I don't really put it out there. A lot of the different businesses I have or what I do. Mm -hmm. But I, I probably should. And I, and I say that, you know, some of the things I do and other people that I know is kind of like a sack of diamonds in the woods. You wouldn't know it was there unless you tripped over it. And so with Plea, um, Opio, we were, we were having some B-roll conversation before we hopped into the interview. And I was telling him that Opio kind of had brought it to my attention how sick uh, A-plus was on the beat because... Um, we were talking about the name of the the name of the album. What was the name of the album? The, Not uh, triangulation. The uh, no, trilogy. 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 Yeah, that, that, that's uh, Social Mischief third album. Shout out to shout out Opio, man. Man, man, shout out Opio, Festo, Tajay, Tajay. You know, you, yeah. you, you too, please. Um, Thank you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was talking to to to, to Opio about the record, the album. And he was like, ah, oh, Plea did that beat. Cause I was asking, you know, we, we I was asking him who, you know, did beats, whatever. And then uh, Opio was like, nah, Plea be coming with the fire. And I was like, dang, he do. And and, and the crazy thing about it is. I see where you're going. Everybody, <laughs> the, only, the only person that I haven't heard produced from you guys is Festo. But but uh, Tajay is cool on the beat. Opio, man, I've got, I've got so many of opio's beats and then thank thank you plea uh i reached out to plea a little while ago and he he shot me some production and he he, he gave me some uh a few beats to listen to too so uh i'm definitely gonna tap back into that this weekend man because i think i didn't I, I really didn't listen to it the way i should have listened to it hey, and i got more i got more stuff to uh, side note i got more stuff too so like I, you know i'm an open door when it comes to you man so it's all good yeah. <laughs> so tell me this when did you produce your first beat? I produced my first beat. I want to say, hold on, let me grab my lighter. When it works. <laughs> I, 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 um, I produced my first beat, I want to say, it was around 1987, 88. By that time, I was already a DJ. 
I already had was building, working up on vinyl collection. I was like, you know, I'm Jamaican, man. I I, I had jobs. I, I mow your lawn. I wash your car. I paint some shit. I'll do whatever. Uh, I, I shine my dad's shoes, whatever, to get some money. And, to, and by the time I was able to work, that wasn't until, like, I want to say 80, 89 or 80, you know, whatever. So, so um. I was just always trying to do shit. But so my point is, by that time I was already a DJ, and so I used to hang up. Dale was like, we were inseparable. You know what I'm saying? I was like, if you remember, like being that young, me being two years younger than them, I was the young dude. Clearly, you know what I mean? Like young blood with me. That's how Dale was. It's like, uh, why is this young nigga around? He with me. That's how it was. So he was in a group with some with some brothers. Um, my man D Shane. Uh, my my man Deshane Campbell, uh, him him and Dale were a group. Me and Tajay were a group, and uh, I think Dale's DJ's name was TMX. If it, I, it, you know, it's been like thirty <laughs> odd years, so if I get it wrong, forgive me. Um, but and, and there's another dude named Carl who was in there in there. Carl Jones, he was uh, from ninety. He was from the nineties in East Oakland. He was Dale's friend, and they used to hook up and make songs together with that. Uh, double tape deck uh record like mix so that there would be somebody lay the beat down and then scratch the samples over it and 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 go back and forth so you had this hissy ass beat and then you lay vocals over it the same way so i used to just go and watch mm-hmm. them because i was a young dude i couldn't really interact and stuff i had my own raps and dell knew that and blah 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 but i was just a young dude so i was i was happy to be there and when they were like not working with the shit they I had asked, could I play with the Dr. Rhythm? And TMX would be like, you could go ahead and play with the Dr. Rhythm. We ain't using it. So I don't know what they were doing when they, when the, when the older dudes would go off, but I just sit there and learn how to program the sequencer. And when they came back, I would have a beat on there. And they'd be like, yo, what the fuck? This dude know how to make beats. So my first beat I ever made was on the Dr. Rhythm. When The hip hop guy. There, like I learned from you know, yeah, yeah, man. That that's real talk, bro. Or, um, I understood sampling because you know Dr. Rhythm don't got no sampler. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's just it just programming beats. And as somebody who had listened to hip hop up to that point, I'm like, this is how they make the beats. This little thing, you know what I'm saying? This this beat machine. This shit is like this. It was it was it blew my mind, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, they make these beats and then scratch samples over it, you know, like, yeah. So that was my first beat. And then when I actually really had a chance to really like sample and make beats was at the Onion Lab. Again, I went there with Dell, and that's a whole nother story. And uh, I learned how to. And then Sir Jinx showed me. Sir Jinx showed me how to make beats. So when I got to the Onion Lab, Dell was our producer. Me and Tajay's producer prior to then. And then one day I felt like I knew enough to where I could make my own beats. And I was like, Dale, I want to make my own beats. He was like, kind of butthurt. He was like, man, all right. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah, that was it. It was in, in between 87 and 89. That's when I cut my beat teeth, man. And I, and yeah, I, I just, I took off from there. I just, it's, it's a thing. I love that just as much as I love uh, even more sometimes than I love like being an MC, which, which I love, you know what I mean? But um, I come from a musician family and um, making music, it's like it's like casting spells, man. It's like you could do something that affects other people's body, soul, and spirit. By and you create it at home. That that's that's an amazing concept to me, and and uh, it kind of blew me away when I realized that. And 
I, I, um, yeah, I'm gonna be making music forever, bro. You know, shit. My son, he's like 19. He's like, he's like a hundred times doper than I was at his age. I'm like, dude, I was like whack compared to you at that age. So he plays a guitar and sings and plays the piano and make beats. So that that's like a um oh, wow. family thing for me. It, it's a family thing for me. It's like we love music, man. We love, you know. So yeah, my first beat was uh, probably '87. My first dope beat probably wasn't until '90. <laughs> but you know, 90? I'm, I'm gonna be honest, like you know, you know how it is. Just like my first five years of rapping, me and Tajay sound like dumb DMC. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. So I, I know I've heard you use the terms interchangeably, and I always wonder because KRS One introduced this this argument into our lives, and we got to deal with it. Do you believe there's a difference between an MC? And a rapper? Yeah, I, I believe, um, you know, like, yeah, it, you know, those nuances and, and the, the rhetoric and semantics that come with that, it, it's, it's, it's a deep concept. I believe, I, I know, in my mind, I know the difference between the two. And I believe on who I'm, whoever I'm talking to, I'm certainly in, in both. You know, uh, I'm an MC because of the craftsmanship of it and, and the, the honor part uh, of loving the craft mm -hmm. um at the same time there's people who are good at the at the act and art of rapping that aren't mcs you know yeah. and um and, and and you can be dope at, at moving the crowd without without being as honorable with the craft as as an mc is and i believe these are both doable and, and people are different so me personally i believe um I, i'm an mc at heart but mm -hmm. but you know like for people who don't, if I say I'm talking to somebody who don't know the difference between an MC and a rapper, they might need to just hear I'm a rapper, but I'm, you know, I'm also a businessman and all of that shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I'm on the side of as above, so below when it comes to things like that. Like, if we try to make, like, that kind of uh, concept black and white, somebody's going to miss something huge that, yes. that's involved with the totality of, of the yes. concept. You yes, know? that's exactly where I'm at with it. I I, 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 I I feel like it's like some some form of classism, and I feel like um, the way hip hop evolves, there's no need for that because there's always going to be, we legitimize acts that stick around, and then there's always the new children that's even worse than that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. like I remember when snap music was bad. Now, would they love snap? They they would pray for snap music compared to mumble rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It just gets worse and worse and worse. So I think that level of classism never fits. Because in comedy, they have it too. It's uh, com comedians versus comics. And no matter how you try to dice it up, it's like, it's it just doesn't really fit. You know what I mean? Because it'd be yeah. like, the, the, the anomaly will always be Eddie Murphy. Is he a comedian or a comic? He's both. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which renders the whole concept. It's just, you know, but I, 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 li I listen, you know, when people bring it to me, but for the most part, I, I try not to indulge because I just feel like, you know, I'd rather talk errors than than that classism or whatever. Yeah, yeah, man. Like uh, the the analogy of you putting it uh, like uh, mirroring that that same concept from hip hop to, to comedy, like that that was kind of like a. I was like, wow, I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, like it, mm -hmm. it and it, it it's kind of like it's the same shit. Like I, I, you're a comic and I'm an MC and I know exactly what the fuck you just said. You know what I'm saying? That that's well, dope. Well, the uh, I hadn't thought about it. Like comedy, the origins in comedy and hip hop both started the same. You know what I mean? Where basically the um, 
just like, you know, but you had the DJ and you had the MC, but then the MC started getting more attention than the, the whole point of the MC was to point out the DJ, like, yo, listen to this guy. But then he started getting more attention. It's the same way where comedy, the host of a variety show, was more interesting than the talents. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So then they just started going like, all right, well, why don't we make a show full of hosts? And it's, it's like, it's just constantly intertwined. I mean, you know, I, my interest, if I actually had Hot 16, then I would have been a rapper instead of a comedian, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't spit. Hey, 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 to, hey, hey, to that point, let me say something. And, I, and only people who've seen this in, um, see me do it, know this. It's nothing I've ever said live, though. But like around like two years ago, as a part of my stage show, like when I started being like, so, you know, I, I, okay, I, I'm in, um, I'm in a group going. social mission most of my life. So I start going, I start doing a bunch of like solo shows and I'm realizing that like when I'm up there with three other dudes, like I got, I get way more rest time. I'm up here by my damn self after doing some songs. Like I need to, I need to do some cool breathers. I need to do some, some, some mind shit on the crowd. So I'm entertaining them while I'm getting a fucking rest. Right. And so, um, <laughs> I'm one of them people. I'm, I'm a huge uh, com uh, comedy fan, and mm -hmm. I'm just a funny motherfucker in general. You know, like th mm -hmm. thank you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I started doing this thing to where I had this girl at the time, and she would send me these like the driest funny jokes whenever she stumbled on them. And so I was like, I'm gonna enter. I'm gonna do that into my my stage show when I'm taking a break, and uh, you know, just to slow down the flow of like when you're jumping around and fucking rapping. She's tiring. And I started doing like little, like really super ultra dry jokes in stand up form, in stand up form, as a way to catch my breath but still engage the uh, the crowd. So uh, you just made me think of that. Like I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you one of my jokes. Um, just so okay. just so you know how cor how corny they are. Um, and what what did the buffalo say to his kid when he had to leave home? Bison. Oh, he's stupid. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Hey, and here go here here's go and and I'll be looking at the crowd like, no, no, you don't like that. And everybody who just heard me rap who came to see me, they, they'll be like, ah, oh. I was like, come on, I made y'all laugh. I said, let me try again. Let me do another one. Let me do another one. Say, hey man, I mean this is serious though. Man, did you hear about that kidnapping though? He woke up. Stupid. <laughs> Yo. But 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 as a rapper, if that's your break time, yeah, that's no. genius. That's I'm fucking genius. About, I'm actually about to write these down. About to write these down. how do they do publishing? How they do publishing credit in Comedy Land? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you wrote it, you get a hundred percent. I forward it to you. <laughs> so so I so I got I got my next question, please. But somebody uh on the the YouTube chat, they want to know when is the next Souls album jumping off? Hey, man, the next Souls album is jumping up. That man, that's a hard question. Well, after everybody to, finished doing their solos, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest and just like you know, just say something I probably shouldn't say, but um, there, there's a Souls album. That is that had that was recorded like some years ago that hasn't ever released. And Tajay is kind of like, you know, I'm kind of we kind of waiting on, you know, to see what Tajay when Tajay think it's cool to release it. So that's one thing that's already recorded and done. I even got a video for one, one of my songs on it. But that said, that's probably not the Souls of Mischief album that 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 people talking about. Um, 
who knows? I'm saying it can happen. There's nothing, just nothing making it impossible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, I I think that I think that we're um one thing about growing up the way we grew up and being in this group and and being like young and and, and famous at a young age is that as much as we grew fast in certain areas, um, a lot of shit that we need to that that normal people grow at grow grow and learn about during that time we got to come back and circle around to like have that same experience in our own lives, not for better or lesser. But I think, I think, you know, we're at a time in our lives where we're all going through our own personal transformation. No, and, I understand it. I and, understand. And, yeah. You, you gotta know, bro. Yeah. You manage far side, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> I understand. I understand. So yeah, I, I, I think to answer the question definitively, I think when everybody's like, like, you know, hitting the landing on that, and and uh, have acclimated to what life looks like, you know, once a man, twice a child, shit. And that when the when the souls album, when the next souls album be done, if ever, if ever, that would be the time, you know. And that goes with, and this is my opinion. This is not just ain't etched in stone, but I think the same goes for the, for a, a hieroglyphics album as well. It's like you know, I think everybody's in their own life, like circling, doing like real personal shit, and um. And you know, it, you know, God willing, it, when when everybody has has gone through that process to the point to where we could circle back, um, that would be the time. I know it's a great, it's gray area, it's ambiguous, but you know, as such as life, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, I love, I mean, I, I love them though. I love them boys, and like, I, I, I'm for it, bro. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. You, you know, I'm, not- I'm, with, I, I'm with the shits. Not, <laughs> not for me to criticize from the outside, but I'm gonna tell you what my 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 own personal view on uh, the souls of mischief and hieroglyphics is, and and this is from my personal interaction with you guys. This isn't like something that I'm a super fan that's never talked to you, and I'm just kind of guessing and living in a fantasy. Now your family, but but uh, all you guys are highly intelligent, and I don't say I don't say that like like man. I mean like. Y'all, so my relationship with casual, hella smart, dude, hella smart. I'll be like, man, you talk and I'll listen. Like from back from when he first started doing his little Facebook stuff and he was giving like the little stock tips and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? That was incredible. To uh, Opio and Tajay and higher education and then just even Festo and then you on on the artistry level and and the producing and all that, it's... In, in Dale, it's not like you, it's not like there's a, a group of people that are just like mediocre kind of guys, you know what I'm saying, in their own right. You guys are kind of, you know, y'all, <laughs> y'all kind of dope, man. Like outside of hip hop, though, you know what I'm saying? So I can totally get how inside hip hop is kind of like, man, you got all these geniuses, like, you know, so that, that's what that is. But my next question is who are your producer influences? Oh, my producer influences. Oh man. Um, ah man. Uh, there's there's a there's a few man. Um, I guess my early influences would have been like to where I knew that I was dealing with a producer by name. Cause you know back in the day, I I was you know we were into hip hop before we knew what a, a producer was. Uh, you know, producer wasn't the name you knew. Like uh, just how just how you were saying before, like. 
the M- in the early days, the MC wasn't even a big deal. The DJ was, and then the MC. So um, when when producers started really becoming a thing to me in my in my mind, um, it had to be like around the 86, 87, 88 era of hip hop. Um, uh, people who stand out in my in my mind from that time are the Bomb Squad, DJ Mark Forty Five King, Dr. Dre, Premier, Lord Finesse, um, Howie T. Um, uh, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's more, I, you know, I know there's more people. Um, who's the dude who produced, uh, uh, the, the, the dude from New Jersey was doing poor righteous teachers and YZ early stuff. Like this was all, all of this stuff was coming out at a time when I was like, Oh, Oh, of course. Like, uh, you know, uh, Q-tip tribe called quest Prince Paul. Um, yeah. I, I was like, a I was like an ultimate sponge. For anything, I was like the consummate hip hop nerd. If you went to my house, if you went to my house, and Taj can vouch for this, my walls—I I, t- I put all my vinyl on my walls, so all of my walls in my room were covered with vinyl, and I kept my vinyl and crates separate from the covers. I was like—I I was just head over heels fucking with hip hop. So I, I was really lo- like, uh, for instance, let me tell a story uh, about '93 Till. The way I found the sample was uh, because back in the day, people used to have to put who they sampled when they cleared the sample in the album credits. And so I would look through all of my favorite hip hop uh, records, all their credits, and then I would take whatever little money I had and go to the record store and buy these artists or try to find these albums or any other artists, any albums by this artist that that my favorite group sampled. And so... um, I remember for one song on Gangstar's second album, Premiere sampled something by Billy Cobham. And and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy that record. And uh, I went and I found a record. I was like, man, broke at the time, obviously. But I found a record. I paid like $2. And I took it home. And then the 93 Till sample was on it. But and also something Premiere sampled and something somebody else sampled. And I was like, oh, my God, how did nobody sample this? And that's how I found the 93 Till sample. But um, but, but that, that that's just a side tangent story to... a. a my hip hop influences. I, I, I'm sure I said Dr. Dre. And then in the later, in, in like the mid years, it's like, you know, people like Timberland and Pharrell and, um, uh, you know, Dungeon Family. Like, I, I'm just a hip hop fucking nerd, bro. I love this shit. Like, uh, I'm, I'm like, you know, my sister and them call me the hip hop encyclopedia. Like, people, I'll get phone calls being like, hey, so who wrote and who produced this? He, a plus knows, you know what I'm saying? So I, I love, I love, I love this shit. Granted, I had to tap out sometimes in the thousands, like, you know, but um, as far as remembering everything, because it's just too much to remember now. But also, uh, I, I want to mention Kanye, uh, eighty-eight keys as people who who've influenced me. Um, you know, like you know, yeah. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm hoping I don't leave anybody out, like who's. You know, Hitman, Howie T, Herbie Love. Uh, I know. Uh, there's some people. All the producers in hip hop, yeah. man. The oh, Mar- <laughs> Mar- 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 Marley Mall, Mar- Marley Mall. Um, oh, that's funny. Uh, but I'm a student, though, bro. I- I'm a prudent student, man. Like, well, well, you know, well, how about how how about who's a student of you? Are you you pretty? I'm pretty sure you uh you know about this. Uh, it's Eminem and Andre 3000. The one thing that unites them when they get together is talking about just Hyro and everything. Like they say, oh, like they man. go back and forth and nerd out over y'all music. Man, like I'm, I'm, I'm beyond honored for that. Like I, 
I've met these, we've met these brothers before, and um, yeah, I mean, way early in their careers, man, and like for them to be you know, where they are and so like have the free that man, there's a lot of people who like that you know we we don't look for the accolades man they, like we want them to come because we're real hip-hop heads but there's a lot of people who would like say it to us behind you know to our face but wouldn't be able to think it would be suitable to say publicly and um to hear <laughs> let to hear legends like them like uh man it's like you know it, it's the kind of stuff that like 20 20 years ago or whatever i you can't i can't I don't have the, the presence of mind to be like, this is what would make me feel dope 20 years from now. It's like, you know, it's, it's impossible to even see that far. And, uh, and and to hear that, and, and you know, like people like Kanye saying shit publicly, people who don't have to, it's like, like we're, you know, we're underdog music, you know what I'm saying? Like, Souls of Mischief and, and our whole little, we're grassroots, man. We've, we're for, we're really, the fact that we got any like, commercial or that kind of uh, attention is is a blessing beyond what we were prepared for um so when people like andre 3000 who's uh and eminem are clearly two of the dopest in our culture ever all-time greats you know say that man I, i'm honored man and like you know i'm honored that you know I, that's the kind of shit that where you don't know that's what you did it for until it happens mm-hmm. you know when was the first time you you, you heard that that news um, t- to be honest, like, uh, I kind of knew that about them because they had expressed it in different ways through different channels prior to that. But that was the first time it was on such a public scale because when we first met Outcast, um, Outcast manager and them was like, they introduced us. We went to, we went to Freaknik and went to hang out and like, you know, we're big Outcast fans, you know what I'm saying? But I guess... What we're learning is that we come off as not approachable by our music at the time. So a lot of people who want, might want to say what's up probably won't because like they think we're just like ah rapidy rap when we're yeah. actually man cool. And so uh, side manager, I mean excuse me, outcast uh, manager was when they you know connected us Freaknik back in the, that's a whole nother story. Anybody who been to Freaknik, um, they they introduced us and. In, uh, and kind of like, yo, hey, nice to meet you. And then the manager was like, oh, y'all don't front, man. Like, they fuck, he was like, they fuck with y'all. They watch y'all videos. They listen to y'all music. They just being, they just being shot right now, for lack of a better word. And so, um, and then, um, that, that's outcast. And now they're like, you know, fucking, you know, like. Of course, of course. Of course. I, I look up to them and, 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 and they still have. You know, they still have the whatever feeling to be able to, to say that kind of shit from their position. Like, how could you not feel like honored and, and give thanks? Because them boys is crazy. And, and to be anything that may have inspired them is kind of like, you know, that's the kind of shit you get into hip hop for. I wanted it in the books with the people I looked up to and respected. I wanted them to like fuck with me too, you know? So uh, to get that kind of love from them. And when it comes to Eminem, the thing with Eminem, he remembered that like, we met him back in in all of D12 and all of them back in the day when like they were like on the underground scene like killing it and the underground scene in Detroit was like fully hating on them and they came to our show and they was like we fuck with y'all man like can y'all get us on like get, let us get on before y'all and the promoter booked us out there was like nah fuck them we don't fuck with them they smoke crack and all that <laughs> shit was saying crazy <laughs> shit and, and, and we was like we was like, nah, fuck that, man. Let them get, man. Let these motherfuckers get on. We was like, fuck. 
Because because the promoter can't tell us no. We got a packed house in Detroit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hieroglyphics. Like sold out. You know sold out. And so it's so like D12 and them got on and like Eminem and them blew up a couple years later and never forgot that shit. And um and so for him to say that puppy like that's dope because he didn't even have to because we already kind of you know he if people look in the credits of his first album he thanked Hieroglyphics, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like if you look wow. into the credits. Yeah, and it was hey. from that night. He, he didn't have blonde hair yet. It was black. I was really like, this nigga's weird, but he's cool. That's really what I thought. <laughs> I was like, this nigga weird, but he cool. And then they got on stage, and I was like, oh, my God. And he was mad deep. He had a bunch of niggas with him, you know what I'm saying? And they was, they was mad cool. So, yeah, um, for them, and to, to circle back, for, for them, Andre and them talking, like, uh, and giving us that, like, how could I not just, like, Give thanks, you know what I'm saying, and, and bow and be and be humble, you know. Somebody from the chat wanted to know, can you do the big bio song? The big bio song. Yeah, that's the air. The big bio song. What song is that? I don't know. I don't know. And, and could you ask them to circle back? Could you go back because I rarely draw a blank when it comes to songs I made. Big bio. Yeah, big bio here. I'll pull it up. I'll try not to be distracted by reading the chat and um, you know, and doing this too. But it, yeah, it, it came up. But yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. I, yeah, big I have, bio. Is it the A plus song? I don't know. Big <laughs> big boy. Oh, am I reading it? Big boy. Oh, the big. big boy? That's probably what they meant. Thank you. Comedians big are smarter boy. than rappers, clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On that one. <laughs> big boy. Can I do the big oh, boy song? Man, which is, which one? Will of Fortune. Oh, oh. You got a song with Big Boy? Nah, I don't got a song with Big Boy. I man, I love Big Boy. I love Andre and Big Boy <laughs> both. I fuck with Goody Mob. I fuck with I fuck with That's the whole dungeon. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's what question. we're gonna do. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna make Jeremy the chat moderator, man. We're gonna we're gonna put him on the chat so he can read the questions when you know when they pop up so we can uh oh I'll, to that type of question, I'm like denied. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're gonna be like next. next. Um <laughs> hey, hey, hey smooch on that note before it leaves my mind. I know this is a tangent. But earlier you said that 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 Chevron or that gas station that was around the corner from the yeah, far side yeah. spot where we was recording, mm -hmm. and and then um, you know uh that 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 uh that message came and said big boy. As weird as my brain is, it reminded me of an incident I had with big boy L.A. boy at that Chevron when he was coming to the far side spot. Right? Uh, yeah, so, he would because he would he would because he had just yeah he was, he was yeah, he's working at Power. He was still a big dude. He had a huge, like, um, uh, blue SUV. It was mad yeah, big. Suburban. suburban. Yeah, the mad big. So so check it out. This is a mad short story, but the, it just came together cosmically. I have to tell it. So I remember walking to the debt store. It was, like, a couple blocks from where we lived. You know, L.A. hot as fuck. So, you know, you got to, like, walk slow. Um, so I walked to the store. And I'm walking right up, just got in the gas station park, and I walk up to the door, and this big-ass SUV pull up on me, like, right in front of me, this close, and he hop out, I was like, what's up now, nigga? And I'm like, 
ah, like what the fuck is happening? And it's and, and it's big boy. And he's like, ha ha. Hey, I, I, like dude, he had I've heard girl, that story. He, it's a real story, bro. Like I'm like nigga, like because y'all got B's and C's down there, and I, I'm I'm from the Bay and shit. Hey. I might have had on red. I don't know, but he pulled up on me like two, he ass blue ass suburban two feet from me like stop and it is like mad scene i'm turning around like oh i'm not in oakland i have no weapon oh i'm slipping and he's like what's up now nigga and then he hop out and it's big boy and i'm like bruh my uh my my, my stomach was i was like oh what the fuck is wrong with you blood like, uh. <laughs> and he was like ha 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 i got your little ass nigga what you doing i'm like Phew. so yeah that just a side note, because of the big boy shit and the Chevron shit. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> that was fucked big up, boy, too, big. dude. Like, but, dude, it, man, that was fucked up, too. He got me, and I, it's hard to catch me slipping. He got me, bro. Nah, that's it's not surprising me. that he's the he's the prank guy, so that makes that's sense. That's his thing. That's, his yeah. that's, how I, that's how I learned that. That's the first prank. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I thought he was like a, a bit of you know a music mogul business dude, not a prankster. <laughs> Fucking scared the scared the shit out of me, man. I man, dude, I think I might have just like man uh, squirted just a little piss, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's funny. Just this much. So anyway, moving right along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next. No, you. Okay, Uncomfortable right. silence. Uh, what's <laughs> what's the uh, what's the best advice you ever got? What's the best advice you got for life and or hip hop? Uh, okay. The best advice I ever got was, all right. Let, let me think this through. Um, it's, uh, oh, two things. I don't know which order they come in. Look, look at blessings like one one. Like a way to keep your head straight in the music business is look at it like it could have never happened to you. So be thankful. And you know, that's true. And two, it could end tomorrow. And you know, that's true. So be thankful. And if I focus on those two things and keep them forefront in my mind, that should be enough to keep me grounded through how weird and, 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 and treacherous and unique the, the uh, entertainment business is. Those two things. One thing, it could have, remember, it could have never happened to be thankful. And two, remember, that shit could end tomorrow and be thankful. Mm. If I treat every moment in this business and in this venture, in this adventure as such, I should be able to stay grounded throughout all of the pressure and, and, and the temptation that comes with it. And that's the best advice I ever got, and I've shared gotten as uh, as it pertains to the music business and and keeping my head about myself. And I've also passed that down to some of the some of the BGs that have asked me that same question. Some of the younger dudes in the industry, you know, what I'm saying that that have asked me like, what 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 did you? That's one of the things that that I do to this day, and I swear by it. It has kept me grounded, and I've seen people lose their footing for not doing exactly that. You know, and so that that's literally the the best thing, I, the best advice I've ever heard, and I pay it forward every chance I get, because because I, I I stand as proof that I firmly believe that that shit is sound advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm that. So yeah, we're gonna in, in the future we're gonna have somebody reading the chat because it's difficult for me to focus on you know focus on two things at <laughs> one the way my screen <laughs> is, 
but I guess somebody wanted to know if would you do a big boy collab or something about it was it was big boy not bio it was they misspelled oh yeah I'm dyslexic too I get it that no harm no foul um I would do something with big boy in the skin you, you know what I'm saying like 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 yeah I mean what yeah why why would the question is. Why, why? Who would? Yeah, and yeah, why yeah. Would yeah. I, I don't not? rap, and I do. Yeah, I do a collab with Big Boy. Is that a, is that an inside? Feel, you, you feel me? Don't yeah, just, I, I think the big point here is don't trust the person who wouldn't do a song with Big Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a diamond selling artist. I mean, that don't. Yeah, that, that's already turned out. And, 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 on, and on top of that, man, I know, I know, Auntie Thousand gets a lot of the accolades, and and and, and you know, right? He rightfully. Oh, but that's a duo, and, and 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 Big Boy is just as good in in his own way as Andre. Just good, just that as good. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, Steel Sharp and Steel, like Outcast is Outcast. Like, yes. I'm not. If somebody asks me who I think is better out of them two, I'm gonna tell them fuck off. It's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I I think I don't know. I I, I do appreciate. The, the the platform that they put Andre 3000 on, but they act like Big Boy ain't, wasn't putting in work too. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, this dude yeah. still works. He this still a, put out albums. I mean, he put out albums without Andre 3000. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, yeah, I mean, good songs, good oh, music. They, they are not, not with, with all due respect, <laughs> with all due respect, not like Tretch and Vinny. You know what I'm saying? Like, Tretch and okay. Vinny know they're the main dude and, a, and 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 the Goonies support that could rap too. It's like dope in his own way. Like, uh, Outcast is it, it, they they 50 bro. They dope because yeah. of each other. And they yeah. dope after, they dope without each other because of each other. Um yeah, I I I, I think I, to me, Big Boy just as dope as Andre T three thousand. It just come from an MC point of view. Like I know them as outcasts and I can't really separate them. Uh you know, I can listen to to solo efforts. A big boy obviously has done a lot more there, and mm -hmm. I don't look at him as like half of Outcast when he's doing his own shit. I look at him as big boy because of what Outcast is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Speaker Box and uh, Love Below proved that you know they were they they, they were independently strong together. Like like <laughs> it's, it's like they're both worth the equal amount of accolades. They you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I think I, that part. It, yeah, I, I, it kind of annoys me when I get into these hip hop conversations. They're like Andre yeah. 2000. What about Big Boy? Oh, I'm like, nah, cut it out, yeah, man. You know, a, a lot. Of, you know, a lot of times when people take that stance, I'm, I'll be like, man, you wasn't outside. You you listening to the legend, the legends, the legendary talk. You wasn't outside because if you was outside at that time, it was Big Boy and Andre. You know it. Like them songs that touch our heart time after time, bro. Like when people are listening to the legend, like Andre, one of the best ever, which he is. Like you could just. Hell, like, I'd be like, ah, oh, you went outside, man. I ain't gonna hold that again. Hey, you say went outside. Oh, you just you, you mean like they just be on the internet? They ain't they wasn't really. Well, I'm saying, to uh, yeah, you wasn't there. You wasn't there for that. But you're talking like you was, and yeah. you sound like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's nothing like, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with not being born at the time when a dope song comes out. But just you know, don't pretend like you was there at that and say things frivolously out your mouth that are clearly untrue to someone who was. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I that, that's that my T.I. impression. <laughs> your, your top three producers, A+. Top three? Yeah. Quickly, Dre and Premier. Let me think about the third. Uh, Dre and Premier 
or my t- or me personally as a fan, I- I'm not being like accomplishments enough to touch me. Uh, oh God, man, C three eight man. Uh, fuck, bro. Um, can I have like can can can? It was written, the question can, was four, but I feel like whenever I throw four, people just be like, "Oh man, it's just too many, man. You give me too many." Oh, oh, and I forgot to mention earlier about the modern producers that I love. It's like you know, um, Ev and Alk. Uh, you know, some of my not only are they friends, some of my favorite. But back to your question, I'm trying to deflect, bro. Aries are good uh-huh. at it, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you, Smooch. I love you too much. Um, uh, like Dre and Premier, they, they, they're kind of like, you know, like Kobe and Jordan. It's kind of like, don't deal with the third at this point, you know? Um, uh, fuck, bro. That's really... Shout out Just Blaze. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, Just Blaze? Just Blaze? So, P- so my top three, and I'm coming from the perspective of people that influenced me. It's me. It's a very particular set 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 of circumstances. Um, I would have to say that three would be Premier and Dre. Oh man, this is like this is like rough, bro. Um, you know what? I'm gonna maybe, say, maybe Prince Paul. Maybe Prince Paul. That, that's fair. I'm gonna tell you somebody who's dope that comes from the uh comes from the bay and people really don't give him his props like that. But man, Shock G's ridiculous, man. Oh, oh my goodness. Shock G, you know what? I look at Shock G, bro, and and that's my brother. I love him, right? I look at him like he's a musician, man. You know? Wait, we, am I still we, here? Yeah. Can you- Oh, y'all can hear me? Okay, cool. Uh, like, Shock G, <laughs> Shock G is a musician, bro. Like, uh, like me, me and Shock, man, man, Shock is like, I, I consider him a friend. Like, one of the cool people in the industry, like, like really cool. He, he's like a person, you know what I mean? Like a cool a musician. You know, I think he knows how to make beats, and he makes dope-ass beats, and he's phenomenal whenever he does it. But when I think of him, I... I just immediately think like he he's I don't know he's like a hip hop princey to me he's like a prince type motherfucker to me and you, you know it's like you can't be like it's prince a singer it's a prince a dance it's prince a guitar player like the it's like artist. yeah he's an artist thank you for thank you for <laughs> saying it better thank you <laughs> now one of the most important questions that I was supposed to ask and I didn't even get to him because that's what happened when I'm. I'm a interviewing family, or we interviewing family. I just have so much that we could discuss. I'm let's talk about court. let's talk about this project with you and the uh, architect. Okay, um, with me and the arc, I- I'm gonna tell the story behind it. And um, to date, we put out three projects this year: one February 21st, one July 4th, and one like I think three weeks ago. Um, so we put out first Free Dope, second Chamber Games, third Black Switzerland. And we're already like, we're planning a release, another one before the end of the year. It's kind of like, can't, you know, well, I'm not talking about the shit, but anyway. So how it came about was uh, in the end of December last year, close to Christmas, like um, 
a brother hit me online. He was like, "Listen, I want, I want, I want to get you on a verse. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Souls of Mischief. I'm a big fan of uh, of of hieroglyphics, and specifically, my little brother is like you're his favorite in Souls of Mischief. So I want to ask you like how much you charge for a verse, um, to do along with me. I'm an MC. This is at him talking, and and how much you charge to get on a song with me and you." Yeah, uh, so I could get, you know, it, it, you know, I'm a brother for Christmas. And I was like, word, that's dope as fuck. I mean, like, I'm in my brain, like, oh, that's like, you know, you know me, I'm an empath type fucker. I was like, oh my God, you know, in my head. So I was like, word, I'll do it. So I was calling around for a studio I could go to, and I called Architect. And he, you know, Architect, my brother, he's like, you know, he's like part of Souls of Mischief. You know, I've known him for like, you know, well over 20 years. I'm working on 30. Um, so I called him. I know he has a studio out here. I've never been to it. And I was like, man, can I go to your studio, record this shit, and blah, blah, blah. What, what would it take to do it? He's like, man, come on through and record it. And he's like, as a matter of fact, just do a verse for me when you hear on one of my beats, and, and we'll call it that. And I'm like, you know, perfect. Let's go. So I laid a verse for the brother. And then when that's done, I'm like, thanks, Art. And he loves some beats, and I'm like that one. And I lay a verse for that shit, and it shit came out mad good. And then we just instantly started just having this big ass talk, like what about doing like trying to do a project? It was like mad organic, you know, and um, kind of like planning for next, for the for for 2021. He was like, man, if we could do this and like just have an album knocked out and make another one and another one to hit him this year like mad hard, that'll be dope. Cause he like played like about 80 beats to me, you know, I could like. Yeah, I could work off this all year. And so that's kind of like how it started was Christmas Eve last year when I when he let me record that verse when he recorded that verse for me and recorded a verse for him. So whole uh this year has been us just making music. Then COVID happened, so it kind of slowed things down, but we you know, we still on it. So that that's a uh the long story short about the me and the architect shit. But um, you know, we've been we've been busting that and uh i think people can tell tell the growth in, in in our process from project one free dope project two chamber game project three um black and also like a side note you, you already know like imani was on like the first album uh, hey yeah and we were in the studio and we were trying to think of who would fit good on this song and i think it might have been uh it might have been architect who's like Man, like, what you think about somebody from the far side? I was like, bro, I will call it money right now. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it sounded like this will, you know, I was like, yeah, he's my dude. And so I texted him, and he was like, and then he called me. He's like, man, don't be texting me no shit like this, man. You need to call me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, he, he money. And then, uh, yeah, so side note, shout out my brother. And oh, I still owe him the first I, I owe him. So, damn, this don't look good on my part. I got you, Imani, if you're looking. So tell right. me, but yeah, but yeah, that that's that's the whole like shit with the art. Um, I hadn't really. I've been doing like little experimental projects over the years, but I hadn't really done a solo project since my first one, my last good deed in like 2009. Everything I had done since then, like you know, uh, pepper spray was like a red hot chili oh, pepper dope. sample shit, and then I did it with nobody. I did uh, Molly's Dirty Water with um with AG on some uh, electronic fusion shit and you know I was always I was doing a lot of experiments we were like hip hop album from A plus you know and I figured like 
why not just do it this year? And that, so that's what I've been doing with Architect. It's just like, just, like, just, just kind of separate and just like not having no uh, standards or expectations beyond what I feel like doing artistically, you know? Um, after many years in the business, it's like, you know, sometimes uh, OGs and, and leg uh, you know, legend acts get caught up in like, how do you balance with what people expect you and the growth you've had since then and that you want to express as an artist of now and that's like a slippery you know and um it, it's hard a lot of times so but with architect what i'm doing here is it's like i'm i'm just being like what i'm gonna say you know it, it doesn't it doesn't ring bad on on hieroglyphics or souls of mischief or anything it's like the responsibility is mine so it's whack it it, it, it don't reflect on 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 the click and the fan and at the same time, I just like I got my off. You feel me? I I I, I um, I'm, you know, I'm satisfying my artistic hunger, and um, so that that's a the artistic approach that I that I architect on the project projects we've been doing. And it's fun, man. It's like I'm having, I'm enjoying making this music, man. And just like you know, it's like I said that once a man, twice a child. Shit, I'm at a place of. And it's, it, I'm also doing music as well. And it, you know, it feels good, especially how fucked up and uncertain things are right now. It was good to have that level of certainty within myself and that kind of pure joy, even in the midst of this, of this madness, you know? So that leads me to the next one, which is <laughs> where do you see social interaction in the next two years with this whole COVID thing going down? Oh, man. Uh, that's hard to say, man. Uh, oh, man. Uh, like, I, I don't know. I look at this stuff like it's like, uh, this is like life changing. Like this, I think this is the most li the world changing event I've ever seen during my lifetime. I think anything that comes close is 9-11 and as horrible as that was, it pales in comparison to what we're going through now. And man, I think it's really hard to tell. I think there's, in hindsight, there's a lot of good things about what's happening right now, especially as it pertains to the creative and, and the people who are on this side of the business, uh, the creative side of, of, like, you know, like, you know, behind the scenes, firm, firm, firm you know what I'm saying, like, uh, businessmen. Uh, I think, like, for me personally, uh, this pandemic has allowed me to deal with, like, it, I don't know. I feel like more centered about things, and, and I, I could pri I, I prioritize things a lot better because, you know, a lot of the fodder in the world that has us, like, you know, using our time loosely or not being as serious as we could be about situations. A lot of that has vanished for everybody, like, at large, and how people deal with each other and and the opportunities that are there. At, at this time, it, I, you know, I'm just, it, I don't know, it's a very bad time, but also there's a big chance to make really big moves for self and, and, and in places that is specifically for uh, people in our business, like, do, like the moves that we can make, we, we move at a faster speed and cover more difference, di distance happening. And it's really difficult to say, but like, it's kind of like, all right, since it's fucked up, what's good about it? And I'm finding that there's a lot of good things about 
the world's hand being forced in place. There's a lot of good things that are happening. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm actually, it, it, for lack of better phrasing, happy in the struggle. Like it's still a struggle more than it ever been. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm amped up about it, you know? Like it's kind of like uh, there's no turning back from this shit, you know? And uh, it, there's more certainty in that than there in a lot of ways than there was prior for 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 people of color and people who uh can can empathize with with what i'm saying you want to hear something crazy always it ain't even been a year and it seems like it's been three you know yeah. what I'm saying? we yeah. haven't even, we haven't even been yeah. a year we yeah. ain't yeah. even been a year and, and we're worn down i feel like a if if uh if life since covid hit is the analogy of me on the dice table and I've just won thousands of dollars <laughs> to where it dwindles down to where I'm just throwing money on the table and not even looking. I just want to lose all my money to just get it out of my hands so I can just walk away from the table. Like <laughs> In there. <laughs> I feel yeah. you, brother. I feel you. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's crazy. It's like uh, this year, man, nothing like it, man. It's like it's a trip, like I said. As 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 testing and trying and, and horrible it is for so many people dying. I mean, died on my birthday this year. You know what I'm saying? From COVID. You know. So I mean, I could still say that, like, uh, in hindsight, man, since it had to happen and since it had to happen, I'm blessed in many ways by it, man. It's like it it it, it has had a, a way of really putting things clearly in perspective. And, and uh, kind of, it's kind of like a, a get over yourself shit, and you know what I'm saying. And like, not even like, like, not me, like the whole world, get over yourself, you know. And and those who can't, like, they fucking stand out. Clear as day, like you know, they could lie, they could have been weaselly and snakish to you less than a year ago, but now it's like it's out there, and I'm like, ah, oh, not that. Here we go, let's go, you know. And it, <laughs> you know, it, it's like you know, it's like. Since it's fucked up, what are we gonna do? And and at that place, I find I find find that I'm inspired, you know. So, okay, uh, my, my brothers, dope, dopest. You you, you cutting it now? I guess it's probably why. But I say, uh, what's the dopest hip hop group fall after Farside, Hyro, Souls of Mission? <laughs> um, the dopest hip hop group. Can can I can, can I uh spread it out a little bit? <laughs> sure. um, oh man, y'all are not let up on you, man. They ruthless out there. Um, <laughs> that's Jeremy. Uh, uh, man, like uh, Wu Tang Clan. Very mentions is uh is Monty and Gangstar and now. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, I, I know I heard Wu-Tang Clan, Gangstar. And the uh, uh, and, and, uh, whole dog pound. Dog, okay. I, I, I'm West Coast. I'm West Coast. I can't, you know, what I look like. <laughs> what, what I, I look like not saying, you know. That's just the answers will be difficult to accept as well. <laughs> <laughs> Well, nah, please. We gonna bring you back on the next project, man. We gonna get a. 
we're gonna get a stronger internet connection in the whole little situation, man, and get it and get it tight. But I do, man. Hey, hey wait, wait. But were you saying that? Like, how bad is? Am I? Can y'all hear me? Has it been horrible? Not horrible, but it's been choppy. We we okay. gonna, we, we gonna get another one though. We gonna bring it back in. But hey, man, I'm hey, man. I'm not picky, man. I appreciate the fellowship, the chopping, hey, hey. the knowledge. Hey, Spooch, how about how about this? Um, we we have another project coming at, at the end of the year. Uh, we were, you know, because like you like I got the call from you today. I got off work today, man. I'm an IT med med tech. I was at a hospital, like fixing their yeah. shit. I got your call. You know, I had to. I'm a Jamaican. I had to get a COVID proof job, baby. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I just got off work when I got the call from you. Can you do it today? And, and uh, for the people out there, like literally, just got the call from my brother Smooth. So how about this, me, architect and I have a project coming out. Oh, for we the gotta have the both, y'all. We gotta yeah, have yeah. both, y'all. So, 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 like to, to, to uh, first of all, thank you for having me. But can we? Can we just put like put it in put it in in the uh pro in the um in the docket calendar? Like, yeah, we'll do, we'll do it. I'll, I'll send you a Google a Google calendar. Yeah, you, I, pick, uh... you pick you pick the day that that, that you want to make it happen. We have we have an album that's coming out Christmas Eve. Um, a project that we're specifically making. It's it's gonna it, we're sending the year off after these first three projects. We'd love to unveil it with you, Smoosh. Nah, AJ, man, nah, that's shit. nah. We we gonna we gonna chop it up with you. Uh, we gonna chop it up with both y'all. In a couple of weeks, we gonna Word. chop it up. Yep, we gonna it, chop it up in a couple of weeks. You know, for me, man, I got a, I have a very talented family member, and I had uh man, I, I, I was communicating and keeping it cool, and then it was some radio silence, and so I was like, you know what, man, I'm not gonna just be out there. I get it. I tried to do this, but I think I probably need to do that. And then that turned into what I had hollered at you about a couple of few ago. So uh, no, yeah, yeah, turned... cause, yeah, yeah, because we we actually hollered about it earlier this week. Yeah, and and to put it in put it in the mix, and then like, well, I'm glad I could be here to like to like plug the hole today, and I would love to come back on on a more planned day. I'll make sure I'm. A, it, it could be my internet fucking this shit up in it, and I'll make sure I'm in a stable place. We get architect on here, and we could do damn brothers. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly honored to be here today um, with you today, man. Smooch, you know you my man. You my brother. Like, you you a human I love. You a good dude, man, and uh, all, and you always fam, and let's bring it back. Uh, let's bring it back more planned out and do it again. And I got a whole nother conversation for you. I'm gonna hit you tomorrow though on that. Word up. Yeah, Talk we'll get some it. stuff going. So in uh anything you wanna uh shout out other than the black yeah. yes, if I can. A a everyone out there listening, check out eight plus in the architect, free dope, the first album, chamber games, the second album. Black Switzerland just came out a couple of weeks again. The third album we got one coming at the end of the year. Also, I got the album coming with myself, Pep Love, produced by King Ducter. He's an LA beat scene dude. Y'all, y'all should know from from 808. Um, Ooga Booga, that's coming out. Also, I got an album coming out New Year's Day with Sunspot Jones, Stony Hawk too. Um, that it's all coming and we not stopping. Uh, it's just hip hop. We just we just love hip hop and, and more, now more than ever, as if we didn't before, we appreciate the support. Thank you for having me, man. Shout out hieroglyphic souls of mischief. That's what it is. Hey. All, that, all day, always, same way.
the hardest working man in hip hop around this mug. You know, that is a shout out. That's a real one. That's how you supposed to do it. <laughs> you know. Thank you. Thank you, fellas. I done have fun, bro. Like I, I'm looking forward, man. Nah, we gonna get it right. This was this was getting it, getting it. You know, working out the kinks a little bit. What's up with you, Jeremy? What you got going on? Anything? Any? Uh... Uh, so I actually have a schedule, but I expect everything to get canceled this week. So we'll see. <laughs> what, because just, of the, because of the COVID, yeah, because yeah. of uh, yeah, lock lockdown and curfews, and it's just like a it's a fight. I I don't even I play. Are we it day still like Are we still locked down? I know that's a shame that I need it's, to ask. It's a it's a curfew at ten, yep. but uh, at least for uh two yeah yeah for t- at ten o'clock. But they caught the uh they kept they caught Gavin Newsom breaking his own curfew. He was at a dinner party. Awesome. <laughs> without without yeah, a mask, yeah. So, yeah they man. caught. Yeah, they caught his ass. Yeah, they caught his so. ass. I saw that. That that's crazy, man. Yeah, so man. wait before we go before we go. I know, I know that we've been on here a while, man. Look, we hadn't touched. We haven't really touched on COVID, man. Y'all in SoCal? Give me. Well, I mean, I'm assuming you in SoCal. I could be wrong. No, we all so we all in SoCal. Yeah. So like, I, you you know like you know California is a big state, and, and you know our communities are you know we we like cousins. And we the same place, but actually our economies and cultures have differences in them. And how was how COVID like down there for y'all down in, in, in SoCal? Because LA is like, it's a different beast in the Bay, man. You know, like how are y'all dealing with it? I can only imagine what it looked like downtown. There's people out here like, I don't give a fuck. Is it, is, is it Malibu deadlit? It, it, it's the hoods, the hoods people wear t-shirts on their face. Like what's going down? Hey. The freeways was uh, tumbleweeds and prairie dogs for about a week. One and week. That's L.A. Traffic, One week. And then the traffic started slowly grinding. <laughs> slowly. Yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah. I, I would say it was about two weeks. It was It was very weird. I said that. It was a very weird time. Two weeks, yeah, yeah. It was, man, it was weird looking at, uh, looking at uh, Google Maps. And it said you can get from you know North Hollywood to Santa Monica in like ten minutes, <laughs> and, and it's not four in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah wow, weird. bro. Yeah, man. But yeah, like... I just I just want to say honestly, though, you were like probably the most energetic interview uh, we've had, and I I appreciate the energy. You know what I mean? Uh, like I said, we definitely get the uh, the kinks worked out, but like straight up, your your knowledge. I mean, you know, hip hop wise, like I said, I, I would love to just go back and forth with you and just get your your piece on a lot of things, honestly. So, man, thank you. It'd be my honor. I'm looking forward, man. I had a great time as well, and and, and I, I'm I'm certainly appreciative, no doubt, man. Out, and it, it's been it's been a pleasure. Good to meet you. And and uh, you know, now we here. Keep the link lit. You know, we gonna link lit. You know? Absolutely.